0: we express our praise and gratitude to allah ta'ala and we say blessings upon the prophet peace be upon him Alrighty, righty we are uh, looking at ayah 35 of surah Al-Nisa. and before we jump into 35 do we have, does anyone have any other last thoughts, questions, reflections on 34? I forgot to look up the ayah that speaks about like the women's uh, side of things. I literally just remember that right now. So I still owe that to all of you. But any other questions, thoughts, reflections?
1: I have a question. Hamid. As alaikum.
0: Wa alaikum as wa rahmatullah, my brother in al-Islam.
1: My question is, uh, where are you today?
0: Oh, I'm at home. I'm in, no. not too far away from your family. Oh, this this is uh, the Masjid of Ahmed Ibn Tulun in Cairo. Well,
1: shalom. I, was I cannot take my family then. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. I cannot take credit for the photo though. <laughs> Technically, the photo is from Sheikh Google. It mm. is this cool photo. Very yeah. nice. And sometimes you can see that clock behind my head, like right there. You know, but yeah. Was that the extent of your question yes okay I'm not sure. any other questions <laughs> thoughts reflections
2: did we discuss in this class i can't remember if it's the 5 pm or this one uh about um uh, this man who uh, who said he could accept islam because it was truth but not pray
0: i think i was was that, a, uh, was that in this class yesterday no, it was at the 5 o'clock.
2: Um, okay, yeah. Because I I, found, I just heard a hadith about that, and I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. That Huzoor, Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wasalam, uh, somebody came to him. He said, I could do your bayah. I could accept Islam, but I'm just going to pray for, like, two prayers only. Okay. And he said, okay, sure, come in. Come on in. And the sahaba, the companions said, why would you allow that? And he said, well um when he starts to pray the sweet, sweetness of prayer and islam will start to grow in him so interesting. Oh, very nice, better Michelle. so i thought it was it was very interesting
0: uh huh oh thank you any other questions thoughts reflections related not really to Ayah 34 oh look at who is joining us the brand new parents have joined us uh uh-oh, uh-oh, are we seeing the tiny baby? Okay, well, no. okay, <laughs> right. Mubarak to, to the new parents Ahant and Rossi for baby Omar Muhammad Vedantam. And so now we have another Muslim in the class. Okay, so continuing then on uh, to Ayah 34, 35 of I'm pulling up the screen. And once again, let me know you can see the screen. Okay, very good. So 34, we spoke about those issues, looking at the ayah as both uh, prescription as well as restriction. And the point being, then we have IA 35, which is very much a prescription, especially if the steps of IA 34 don't work, or IA 35 in general. And this is a suggestion for all of you to consider in the context of marriage counseling. Uh, This, I would suggest, is more effective. The concept marriage counseling, usually by the time people accept going to marriage counseling, it's pretty much almost too late. Uh, but usually it's the warring husband and wife and then the counselor. But here is a method that I would suggest actually makes more sense. And so looking at it piece by piece Ayah uh, 35. So, what in khiftum shiqaq. If you are uh, fearing a split between them two bainahuma, then you should search, you should appoint a, an, an arbiter from their people and one from her people. So writing it all out, hold on one four, sixteen, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. If there's a conflict between the two, have someone representing him from his side, have someone representing her from her side. And here is the really big part. If they want for the issue to be resolved, Allah will bring their hearts together. If they truly want that and Allah is all knowing all aware so this is the principle this is the prescription on what to do when you have this inter intra-marriage conflict so writing out even though I think all of us understand it you have husband wife He is speaking to his advocate. She is speaking to her advocate. And then they are speaking with each other. Sometimes you might have a mediator in between. Why does this system make sense? As opposed to him talking to her, her talking to him. Or him talking to her and her talking to him with a mediator. So let's say, why does the, we're going to change the color to green. Or let's make it light blue. Why does the light blue, the bottom one make more sense than the red one? Hamid.
1: Uh, Well, the colors haven't loaded yet on the
0: screen, so I'm not sure what you're referring to. Okay, so the bottom. So can you see my arrow, my mouse? Yeah, yeah. So why does this bottom one make more sense than this top Hmm. one?
1: I would say if the husband and wife are having some sort of argument and it's reached this point where they kind of seek mediation, if they're just talking amongst themselves, the emotions are high. You know, they might not be seeing things clearly. But if they can kind of filter their interests through a through an advocate, I feel that the uh, it would be much easier to to reach a resolution. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because it kind of removes the the intensity of the emotions uh, that would be taking place directly between the husband and the wife. Very much so, Sadia.
2: Actually, he said what I needed to say. So,
0: okay.
2: yeah, that same thing I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Khurram. Yes,
2: on the same lines. The only thing is that uh, the advocates I'm hoping they will be professionals. Like they, they might have a little bit training.
0: And, Maybe might be might be a brother of his and a sister of hers. Might be his dad, her dad. Yeah.
2: Yes, and 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 they will be. Removed from emotions, and they will be more sympathetic Mm -hmm. towards each other to build up uh, to to rebuild the relationship or patch up the relationship. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. What else? Other thoughts? Why, Uh, Sabrina? You said bias. Explain.
3: Okay, so I think if you have family members that are going to advocate for you, they're going to be biased towards the individual they're advocating for. Yes. um so so speaking from experience i don't think family members should advocate for each other
0: (laughs) maybe they might not bias be biased bias in favor of their their the person they're representing okay fair enough
3: um but also i think when it's through like the pretty much you're at a third party um Mm -hmm. like he said earlier the emotions are removed And there's more rationale. Uh And on top of that, that third party could advise the who they're advocating Uh to the point where, like, you know, whatever they're complaining about, if it's if they could be subjective and they could be like, okay, that's just nonsense. Let's not get to that far. Give me something more, I don't know, dire or yes. How about this way?
0: So, yes, in addition to the uh, the advocate having your best interests, the advocate is also going to be mediating with you on what is a valid complaint, what is not a valid complaint. Olfat.
4: Um, I was going to say something along the same lines that sometimes family makes things worse versus a mediator. If they're professional and they're neutral, then less 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 family members who are very emotional about whatever's happening may actually sure. be a better idea.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, very often in Desi and Arab cases, very often, and I don't know if you feel the same about Indonesian cases and such, and uh, that often... the family members advocating for you will be on the side of the other spouse for the purposes of establishing peace uh but uh consider this uh consider this approach especially when you have others who who you know people who are going through marital conflict that he gets an advocate she gets an advocate and then they figure things out when you are on the receiving end it is much easier to receive as well. That when you have a mediator and there's hot tempers involved, and it's basically the husband representing himself, the wife representing herself, if the temperatures are hot enough, and you might start accusing the mediator of not being fair. Uh, you're just biased in favor of that person. In addition, and because I get pulled into too many of these cases that what also happens is one person speaks in bullet points this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem and the other person speaks in concepts they're they're disrespectful they are impatient whereas the first person says okay you know we i tried to get get a spouse to help with such and such and then they said they would but they didn't show up right they'll give very very specific detailed points and so very commonly they'll be speaking both in english and in two completely different languages and then how do you how do you supposed to mediate between those two it's easier if they both speak in the same language they both speak in bullet points or they both speak conceptually. When they're both speaking conceptually, it's really hard to get anywhere. But at least if they both are, you can kind of get some things going. And and so usually, if it's husband and wife with a mediator, they might listen to the instructions of the mediator briefly. But when you have an advocate, think of this additional steps you're going through. You're talking to the advocate. The advocate's making sure that they understand what you're seeking. They're also challenging you on what's fair, what's unfair, automatically putting you somewhat into your place. And then on your behalf, they're going to dealing with the other advocate, and then they're going back and forth. And everybody, all four people, and if there's a mediator, all five people, their primary interest is understood is that they want the marriage to work. And so then the advocates, and then possibly the mediator between the advocates are going back and forth to figure out how do we make this work. So then now when they come back to you, they, you're going to often be very ready to listen to what they're saying. You've released your emotions. You've been put into your place by your own advocate, and then now you're ready to listen. But the key principle, however, is that you have to want in your heart for your hearts to come together. If you don't have that, all of this becomes an exercise in futility. The hard part is finding people who will have advocates. So, this is a weekly thing in my office, and to the point that even today I was supposed to have a couple coming to the office, but then you know I canceled it saying, Can we reschedule? And in most cases, it's impossible to get them to find someone that they trust that will speak on their behalf. And even, uh, like, uh, boss, if you might remember, there's a you know a case where I tried to bring you and Samina in, uh, but then the couple didn't want them, right? And, you know, like where Basith would have been the advocate for the husband, Samina, Mrs. Basith, would have been the advocate for the wife in that couple. uh, But then one of the people of that couple said, no, we don't want this, right? And so we had a modified version in that case where Basith was sort of the advocate of the husband and then the sister of the wife was sort of the advocate uh, of the wife. Yeah. I mean, for whatever you want to share, about it the, how well or poorly did that work.
4: Um,
5: it's uh, right now they're they're good. Um but that was like
0: two the, years ago. Yeah.
5: Yeah, the I mean I guess it's uh I it definitely did work. Uh for that time. they're still they're still good so yeah I guess they they, work
0: well. he's basically saying they're still married and they might be at best at a ceasefire you know because I think they didn't listen to all of the uh, assignments but as a system it seemed like it worked you know hold on um
2: how is it different than um going to the couple therapist so or, the
0: couples go ahead sorry
2: so or this or going to couple therapist is the step before this step so, uh,
0: you have a follow-up question? Sorry. Yep, yeah, that's it. Okay, so uh, when I'm officiating, I tell the couple to go through, number one, premarital counseling uh, before uh, the marriage, before they live together. And then I tell them to go through it again once they're living together. Before they're living together, before they're married, then it's a wonder. it's a bunch of wonderful ideas and they're for some it might be beneficial for them to decide yeah maybe we're not good for each other but usually the couple is so full of infatuation for each other oh we love each other no we don't even want to think of anything breaking us apart oh hey how would the newer were you kind of like that anyway anyway so so then once they live together now all the theory is gone now you're in the moment and then the premarital counseling uh, becomes much more effective. So now it's marital counseling. And so if the couple begins that very early in advance, then you already have established relationships or established trust when you're now going through bigger problems. So even when I'm officiating, uh, I'll tell the couple, all right, you have to give me an update on how things are going for the first each month for the first six months. And then each year for the first seven years. Only one couple in history has ever done that. And they seem to be very happy, MashaAllah. Right. Uh, but the point is that usually when people go to marriage counseling, it's already way too late. You know, that not only are people so deeply uh, set in their emotions, they're deeply set in their stances and refuse to leave. And, you know, you all already know my personality. I have no problem being blunt. Uh, The common professional counselor has much more boundaries into what to say and how to say it. And I have no problem telling a couple, yeah, both of you are a bunch of idiots. And it's probably better for humanity that you don't reproduce. You know, That you can all picture me saying to a couple. So So the point is that the counselor, if you're going to them very late in the process, uh, it might be too late. But the bigger point being that the counselor is trained for this, yes, but the people are, may not be trained to listen. Make sense? So, no. and then, like I said, the, the the counselor, the professional licensed counselor, is also limited in you know what they can say and how much they can get uh, involved, and these are boundaries that I don't have where I can be very very frank. Rossi or Ahunt, or should we say? Um, Abu, <laughs> so, Omar. Omar,
6: Yeah. Um, in in our experience, uh, so like in the beginning of the process, um, when Ahan approached me, I said like, hey, if you wanna like really serious about it, we have to do pre mental counseling, and then like decided after like eight session that if you wanna like you know like, move forward, and then it's really effective. Uh, and then after that, we kind of like seek the re- for advice to um couple like com- community leader. Including, uh, um, and then I told him hey after even we you know married we have to do you know like marriage counseling just preventive like marriage counseling just once a month check in um get the tools um and it's really effective because like like when we are married and we know we brought like a lot of like baggage and then that baggage kind of like um so hard if you don't have any tools if you don't have any like someone to turn to to like ask for advice and I think like one uh one of the most beautiful advice that I got is that um you know like you have to find someone that you both like respect um so when something happens you go to that person and like ask for advice and like um you know like both couple will listen to that person
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah very much so you both have to, I mean, both the husband and wife have to be ready uh, to listen to the person who's giving them instructions. Sometimes it has to be someone with coercive power, right? That if we don't listen, there'll be other consequences, you know, whether it be shunned from a community. One of the benefits, however, uh, uh, Rusty's comment kind of reminded me of this, is that when you're going, and this way to your question, hold on, when you're going to a professional counselor, as opposed to your family member, you're going to be more comfortable in talking about things related to intimacy, right? That's more an issue of the culture as opposed to human nature. That again, one of the big points I make when, when I'm doing the, the, the Islamic side of premarital counseling is that I emphasize how much intimacy, you know, in all of its aspects, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, is central to the relationship and very often the lack of satisfactory intimacy even forget the influences of bollywood hollywood pornography and such but the lack of satisfactory intimacy might be the core issue but it's being manifested by way of frustration and then it and it's probably 50 50 in terms of how many husbands complain how many wives complain and then if they're not getting satisfaction then they're frustrated And then the person from whom they're not getting satisfaction gets more closed off, which becomes a vicious circle because then the other person gets even more frustrated. And then everyone thinks the problem is anger. But the original problem was actually lack of intimacy. Malahat.
7: Okay, so, as Wa
0: alaikum as-salam wa rahmatullah.
7: So, how you can able to, I mean, just to thinking traditionally, um how you can able to bring someone who is very rational to make a decision for a very emotional uh relation so that's the number one point right okay. i mean the husband wife is a very emotional attached uh, you know relationship and you're bringing third party i mean this is more like a western concept of course you know and i respect that completely but i mean that's the one thing second is that you know um is this in our old days? This joint family system or sharing the information with our fam within the family is something which is kind kind of like provide a very supported environment where actually th- these kind of small issues. Uh, I think Rosie just mentioned that you know check in and all those things can be done in our old days. Uh, I remember you know that because. I'm the youngest in my family, so my brother and sure. my sisters got married, and I remember you know when my sister in laws are sitting with my mom and they are talking about some of the day to day issues and is getting resolved pretty swiftly right then mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. so I think this I think this fabric of family relationship got broken, yes, and now we are looking for the we are looking for this support system and professional system, whatever the name you want to call it. I, yep. I, I apologize to saying that bluntly and candidly. No, that's right. No, that's right. This, this is my feeling that, you know, I think we are looking at things very differently nowadays. And uh, we are okay to get invited someone else outsider into our life to rationalize a very emotional relationship, mm-hmm. where you and that your spouse is spending the rest of your life, where somebody else give you the rationality based upon that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then, but you don't go to your family or someone who actually give you a very honest advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Or some close friend. Yeah. Or some close I don't know. Sure, sure. Thoughts? And question. I mean, you, know, you are the, sorry, you, you are one of the most close example we have, right, in my life, in my personal life. I mean, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we've been there that, um, and it's not only husband and wife, it's with the children, it's with the extended families. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. beyond that relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, uh,
0: Malahad brings a really good point about going to the stranger. Hamid.
1: I would tend to agree. I feel like when it comes to the way things used to be in terms of having a whole family structure to support uh, not only married couples, but then raising kids, etc. Everything's kind of been outsourced now you know you have Mm -hmm. random babysitters you have random counselors you have you know everything's kind of been outsourced to quote-unquote strangers when the way it used to be was you kind of had all the solutions you needed in your family and if not in your family at least in your community
0: Mm -hmm. okay other thoughts boss it
8: i think it's uh it's it makes a difference between if you and your family members are kind of from similar generations too. like, I think nowadays it depends on what generation you are, but being like first generation American, as opposed to being raised in, you know, wherever your home nation is, I think there's a lot of differences between the culture, us versus them. And like, respectfully enough, it's, you know, sometimes you don't, it's a luxury to have a very supportive, objective, understanding, open family to help. And I think not everyone has that too. So sometimes bringing in an outsider gives you that objective viewpoint and kind of takes the bias out of the situation. A lot of times, you know, more often than not, it's the woman living with her in-laws. And sometimes when you go to the matriarch of the family, you know, it's she may not always have your best interest at heart, intentionally, unintentionally, whatever it may be. So sometimes bringing in that objective outsider and that too, chosen wisely, bringing in someone offers kind of gives her she doesn't feel she feels like just someone on her side or even on no sides not someone on his side only Mm -hmm. she gets an equal representation also
0: okay yabria and then sadia
5: i don't know i mean maybe brother you're an exception but have you seen looking at my parents generation half the people are salty
0: even (laughs) translate translate what salty means for for (laughs) everybody in the class huh translate yeah. what this the word salty mean
5: yes like you don't see that love they're just like stuck with each other and they're just like i don't know like always angry and like i don't i i feel like it it, it is a paradigm shift for our generations and we're and some of us are struggling with that because like our parents you know they stay with each other there's not there's no word of, as divorce so they work it out with, no, with a hammer or nails it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so i i I, it's hard because even, you know, some I know there are a lot of people are just oppressed in so many ways, but they're just not saying anything because these are like, you know, uh, traditionals and we stick together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for our generation, it's a paradigm shift and we're trying to find that balance for ourselves and our marriage and trying to sustain it. And, not, and we can't relate to that past generation either.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm.
5: sustain our marriage in that past model. Oh.
0: One point I really want to emphasize in your point, Kibria is that the previous generations were conditioned that you're all in right yeah and this is a point that i realized that i had to start making again and you know when their couples are coming to me that you have to go in with the attitude that you are all in you're going to make things work there are some cases not even related to abuse that two people are just irreconcilable but most cases uh everyone has one toe or one foot always outside
5: um, right like in our generation i think we're the other extreme right it's like oh it's not working we're all out yeah. um, so i see that both extreme like is finding that balance mm-hmm. and uh again the paradigm shift mm-hmm.
0: sadia and then malahats um
2: i think that um the joint family system has its pros like like, you know, Brother Malahat was mentioning that you have this family support system. You don't have to go to the, uh, for babysitting outside. And so there are like day-to-day help and support there if people are, I mean, people living in the joint family have that type of relationship mm-hmm. and the communication going. I mean, you could have a joint family, but, you know, not necessarily a good relationship with people living together they're just there because they have to or uh, they must or you know whatever their choice is Mm -hmm. so um, it can be it can have both pro I mean positive and negative and oftentimes um, it can become a huge heavy burden on the marriage itself especially in the beginning Mm -hmm. um, because Uh, the new person getting added to the family has not has to make everyone happy (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's you know because he was mentioning the traditional lifestyle so let's let's use that as a background for this and you are dealing with you know getting to know everybody instead of just your husband um so I think that dynamic makes it can make it a little bit hard to um where you're getting a lot of support um so i think that in those cases um so let's say if if we choose to go to the family uh which is great if they know you mm-hmm. if you have had a great communication with them and mm-hmm. they know you i mean sometimes family loves you a lot but they don't really know you mm-hmm. so um so we have to find you know, if only their love for us is enough and would really be, you know, what the advice they're giving, I mean, whether it is honest or not, I mean, is it just based on love and care or is it actually practical enough to work
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: for you? Mm-hmm. So that's very important, I think, um, when we are talking about those things. And especially... Uh, since the joint family system has almost, you know, broken. Um, even in the most traditional societies, um, people are people are growing up, kids are growing up more and more unaware of their closest family members.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or,
2: uh who they are so that's a big huge piece when it comes Mm -hmm. to bringing the family members in. i mean if they know you that's that should be the first choice but they not necessarily they i mean Mm -hmm. not a given for them
0: Mm -hmm. sure malahat
7: So I think I think I owe a clarification to Sadia. When yeah. I say joint family system, I did not mean that you know you're living in a same brick and mortar household. Mm-hmm. And one thing uh, I cannot comprehend the idea that you know in the male or female in their life there is not a single person or a few people they can actually share and trust more than a professional services. That's number one. And somebody is mm-hmm. not rational their life. Mm-hmm. I think that we always have someone, mm-hmm. like I have you, uh, rational in our life. And make I don't
0: things... know if I'm rational. But yeah.
7: Yeah. Well, but you know, you make yeah. things miserable sometimes for us, that's, that's rationality. That's <laughs> so one way yeah. of saying that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, for kibria point, I think Kibriya, you brought up a good point. And I think uh, that, that I think we like to hear from everybody, and especially Omar that the Intercultural marriages, I think, is another thing, mm-hmm. uh, is actually making things a little bit harder for the past generation. But on the same time, I mean, Gabriel, if you see that, if, if we put ourselves into, the, into their shoes emotionally, and if you see them, you know, as a hammer, and everything looks like a nail, but how about us, ourselves, maybe we are the hammer.
0: Mm-hmm this is uh getting into one of the big issues of the day <clears throat> so what are some of the things that are acting as obstacles number one is migration right so everybody here in this class is uh either uh an immigrant or is the descendant uh of an immigrant in jewel in your case I don't know how far back it goes but you're still an immigrant going into Islam and so when you're migrating, uh, you're leaving the whole structure behind, and you're holding on to whatever it is you can take with you. You know, if you're Pakistani, then you're probably a product of multiple migrations, India, Pakistan, Pakistan to, to America, or the West. And so a lot of that support structure is going to be behind you, right? Second issue is part of the modern era uh is in it might just be related to capitalism or or something it's this intense focus on yourself above everything else right this is literally one of the elements of of the modern era and and that then you can imagine consequences on everything related to to the self is essentially this individualism where you know when you go further and further uh uh, from generation to generation, you become more and more independent, separated from everyone else. And so twenty years ago, fifty years ago, a person might have five, six, eight tight friends. Now a person might have one tight friend, maybe. And who knows what it'll be like twenty years from now? And then on top of that, related to all of this and the consequences on the family is the shift has been to focus on the child over focus on the parents, right? So imagine you have, you know, uh, uh, a family, and then you have parents on one side that might be aging, might be ill, you have child on the other side that um, that you're working to take care of. In uh, most of our communities, the focus will be on the child rather than on the parent. So, and, and more often, the exception is the people that are taking care of the parent. And some of it is just affordability, right? Uh, and resources and such. And so the point I'm making is all of these things are then contributing to making marriage very hard. Another big shift, which Hollywood and Bollywood have contributed to, is the purpose of marriage has also shifted. This idea of marrying out of love is a very recent phenomenon in the world, including a very recent phenomenon in the West. When I say very recent, I'm saying less than 100 years old, uh, where you're marrying someone for the purpose of love, very very recent phenomenon, and this this is I'm saying actually having studied this in, in ethics classes and such, uh people are getting married for other reasons. Uh, the big reason is that's just because that's what you're supposed to do, you know. And then related to all of this, love focus on self, alienation from everyone, focus on the youth rather than the parents. Then the child is often not going to trust their parents. Either it'll be like the example that Samina gave that they're from a different generation. Or they just might not trust you know that you know yeah i'm sure they're they're good but even if the parent says okay i found somebody perfect for you the child may consider it or just may not want to because it's coming from the the parents the bottom line is that all these things are contributing to you know adding far more tension to the marriage process and of course add the way we've christianified uh, weddings that you have this gigantic Gigantic uh, uh, wedding, right? That might even put the family into debt. And then, you know, uh, I mean, there's literally data now that the more expensive your wedding is, the more likely you're going to get into a divorce. Like, my favorite weddings to officiate are the weddings that are inside somebody's house uh, or inside a musallah, because then you're definitely going to invite only the people you want, as opposed to making it a big mogul emperor ceremony where you're inviting everyone and showing off and all that stuff and having speeches that nobody listens to and then you get the worst art direction the art school of me you know wants to puke by how people design their expensive weddings anyway so i'm saying we have all these forces making married life harder and then just the process of leading into marriage so here's the scenario tell me what you all think about it because my convert students this is uh the road that they're looking at That what if you do ultra-basic nikah? Then you live with this person. And then you might decide to have the the wedding, the shabi, you know, later on. Or you might go your separate ways. What do you all think about that approach? Benefits and what are the detriments? Any thoughts? I like watching this because you know on my screen, Hamid and Noor are next to each other and they both have these big smiles. You know, mashallah. They 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 both got married when in May. So it's been almost a year. Oh wait, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mashallah. Sabrine then Basit. So I think it's a
3: good idea. dinner time for the baby. Sorry. Yeah, nice, mashallah. Um, I think it's it's <laughs> it's a good idea and not a good idea because one it depends on if you have one foot in and one foot out so like oh i didn't spend all this money i didn't spend all this money on a wedding so i could just easily walk away okay um
0: so what if we say you have to still be the intention that you're all in
3: yeah then that's a great idea
0: okay
3: i say even skip that big hoopla Uh uh-huh
0: Basit. Yeah,
8: so you're saying at the end of the Nika, quote unquote child period either stay married or get a
0: previous. divorce? No, no. So I'm basically saying, okay, so here's how it gets framed to me. This is literally a conversation I had with two. One was that has been a Muslim for about a year. The other one is probably going to take his shahada this coming week. Okay. Two separate people. And literally it's the same conversation. So the student says, you know. I don't know if I want to be married to someone if I haven't lived with them. And what are they essentially saying? I don't want to be married to someone unless I know them really well. The second convert, and pardon my graphicness, he said, uh, I want to know that we're sexually compatible. So So the prescription I gave to both of them is, you do a nikah with the person you're looking at for marriage, and you're all in. But you may decide after a year, no, this is not working. But your intention is not to divorce. Your intention is not to consider the divorce. It's literally the same thing. But the psychology is different. It's literally the same thing as all the other marriages, just without the gigantic, you know, 50,000 event party. Samina, what do you think?
8: So then after that, again, quote unquote, trial period, it does either and then inevitable stay together or divorce those are the two
0: options right and does not that happen anyway
8: but now it's in now you have like a way out it's it's like an option when you're when you i mean the way that i always thought when you enter a marriage you inshallah enter it for life
0: if you know that is correct
8: i mean divorce is always an option obviously but it's not something that it's a 50 percent Chance of it happening. That's something that you should never want to happen.
0: Yeah, you're going in all in. You're going yeah, in. But with even, yeah,
8: even if you go in all in, you're still telling me at the beginning of it, you know, try it out for a year. And if it doesn't work, you know, this is, it's going to end this way or the other, as opposed okay. to this is your, this is for life.
0: Okay. So, so then your criticism is
5: she wishes that she could have had that option. <laughs> That's what it is. You need to read between the lines, brother. I'm like, Come on. Hey, 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 <laughs> like, Why didn't I do this? i i
8: I I do not like that option because I feel sure. like it it kind of sets up in again, quote unquote, easy way out. I'm not sure. saying it's always not an option. Sure. I know that divorce is always an option, but I think that even if you're saying I'm going all in, I think if you set up that preface to begin with, you're not really going all in. You okay. know okay. that at the end of this trial period. <laughs> you're going to make a decision.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm saying the year hypothetically. The reason why it's hypothetically in my way. Yeah,
8: yeah, you're setting a time limit as opposed to for life.
0: Yeah, and again... um, Okay, keep going.
8: No, I'm just saying because it's just... uh, You know, like, once you kind of... Once you kind of allow the person to think that there's a way out, it's an option.
0: Okay. Now, what if we add to it... Tell me if this changes anything. That... If kids are the result, you still have to fulfill all your responsibilities regarding the kids. I even got a thumbs up. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, And everything else still is in place. You have to treat each other with dignity. The whole process has to be with dignity. And you also have to to keep each other's secrets. Does it change anything, especially the kids part?
8: No, not for me. Okay. I feel like once it's in your head that you know you have two options at the end of the at the end of the set, whatever time period it is, that those options are always there. Okay. So even okay. if you're all in, I could tell myself I'm all in every day. Okay. But if I'm ever, if I have an argue with him on Tuesday or once like, you know, after a few months, the first thing that's gonna come to my mind is okay, I'm gonna look at my calendar. I got eight more months of this, and then I'm probably like I'm building up to this okay. inevitable out even if i'm all in every day i still okay. know I, there's what a if, there's a finite time
0: what if we say the trial period is 10 years
8: i don't know i feel like 10 years is still 10 years <laughs> close to yeah. life
0: okay okay all right do you have
5: a 10 years plan for us package plan or something
0: i mean working it out but okay uh oh <laughs> and sabrine
4: I, I, it, it still sounds like a marriage to me, whether they have the ceremony or not. It's still okay. a marriage. Yes, it is. So, it's, I, what's, the, what's the difference? The ceremony is just like an event, like Gabriel was saying. It's not, it's not oh, now we're officially married. You're officially married once that yes, happens.
0: Yes. Yes. And so, the difference is essentially in the amount of weight you give to the actual ceremony Uh, but the psychology what it effectively does is that it raises the status of the of the nikah itself or the kitab itself right what's the common uh, desi approach the common desi approach is you have batbaki that has no islamic value and you're now engaged then you have nikah shadi and then ruksati which has a medium uh, uh, islamic uh, foundation but not much and the arab approach is you do kitab you pretend you're not married right? But now you can be sitting next to each other, (laughs) right? Yeah, and then some
4: people skip the ceremony altogether, and they just do the head and they're married. That's
0: it. Yeah. So you're saying, five, as far as you can gather, it's basically the same thing.
4: Yes, because, so let's say if if they do decide to go their separate ways, it still counts as a divorce, and there's still the stigma of divorce for women. Mm -hmm.
0: That is, so far, the big problem in the approach that I'm suggesting. That a guy 50 years old can marry a woman in our culture who is 60, 50, 40, 30, 20. Whereas a woman, each year she gets older, her window shrinks tremendously. And so this approach that I'm suggesting, uh, I think still fundamentally works against women. So, Sabrine.
3: sorry um that's actually when you went into more detail that's what i wanted to ask is like is this concept new is this because they wanted to try each other out a little way because then it just didn't make sense
0: so a way to think about it is you don't it's not like okay you meet two people you meet you know somebody online and you type some, let's say if we want to get married and then we do nikah and then we decide after two weeks no, we don't like each other uh, you will still go through some amount of process of trying to get to know each other because the intention is still the life partner.
3: So if that's the intention, then what is, is this the point just to save money on a wedding?
0: Um, I mean, save money, but save all the stress of of the the the, the two hour party. Yeah.
3: Okay. And
0: essentially, we're so <clears throat> here, let me rephrase the entire conversation. If you look at the Sahaba. Uh, how many marriages and divorces were there among the Sahaba? And even if we limit ourselves to these super Sahabas. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, so forth and so on. You might be surprised by how many divorces that they've had. In their life as Muslims. Uh. It's easy to to verify, but if I remember correctly, Omar has been married seven times. Eileen's been married 10 times. And that's the actual formula that I'm turning to, that what's built into this that is not in our community is that everybody has to conduct with each other dignity and respect and maturity. The amount of gossip that we have is literally the opposite of it. Okay. And then you're going in, all in. With the responsibilities of being all in. And you're not looking outside. Maybe I'll be happier with that person's marriage. But we did see an ayah about that a couple of ago in the surah. And if you want to exchange one wife for another. Uh, but you may determine, yeah, you two are not happy together. Or your dean is not better together. So... The bigger point I'm saying is I don't know of a system that works. I don't know of a system that uh, in terms of how to get two people to find each other. Uh, I don't know of a, of a strong system that works. How much to get to know of each other before the wedding, you know, before deciding to get married. Because you're not really going to know yourself if, if this is your first marriage until you're actually living with a spouse, and you're not going to know your spouse until they're living with you, right? There's a major portion of both your personalities you're not going to know, um, and then the process of when you're in the marriage, uh, yeah, it could be a regular check in and evaluation, almost at the risk of sounding ridiculous, like going in for your oil change and tune up uh, uh, on a regular basis. But no, I don't know of a system that works. And this is something i've been reflecting upon for years so that i invite all of you to also even think about it but a part of this like i said after officiating a bunch of marriages i realized people don't know how to be married so then i had to give them religious counseling in addition to the premarital counseling and then i realized people don't know how to be adults so then i had to put people through adulting training and i might discover something even deeper than that basit
4: I think Sabrina had. Uh, oh, had
0: Sabrina, did you? Is your hand still up, or is it newly up?
3: Um, it was up, but I already. Sorry, I forgot.
0: Okay, it
8: <laughs> So I, uh, I completely yeah. agree with you on the importance of the counseling. I think that's very important. I think uh, people, like you know us. I mean, I don't want to sound like judgy, but us. Yeah, I don't think we may know how to be married all the time. And then I also agree on the adulting. I definitely think a lot of us don't know how to be adults. Hmm. And um, I think uh, that's just <laughs> not pointing any fingers, <laughs> but I think that's just. yeah, uh,
0: have <laughs> <Jab> at me. <laughs> no, no. But We all understood. Yeah
8: yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, seriously. I think we just, uh, I think that counseling would be a huge benefit if not to just learn, like even between being teens, 20s, 30s, every time you look back at your previous decade, you see how foolish you were, you know, like, wow, I like, and you know, everyone goes through different phases, too. But that's where you kind of get the benefit of the wisdom of your elders, which I guess comes along with that counseling, not only do you benefit from their knowledge skill set, but you also benefit from wisdom of experiences past, premarital, you know, while you're married, just throughout life. And I think a lot of that, if you don't want to go the professional route, I think just a lot of we just lost a lot of sense of community. today's Mm -hmm. day and age and again you know lives are so busy and kids and what you said migration and generational differences there's so many factors you know the list is endless but just losing that sense of community in itself just we're so much in our own bubbles in our own homes within our own four walls that we don't benefit from the experience of others so Mm -hmm. we just when something goes wrong when we have an argument we think it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. you know how dare he and you know, I cannot believe that this is, he said this to me or this and that. But then when you kind of talk to other people, you realize that it's pretty common. It's okay. These things happen. There are ways to cope and learn from it. But if we're just, you know, me versus him all the time, we don't, you know, it leads to situations getting a lot worse than they could be had we had that wisdom experience, training, counseling, whatever
0: Mm -hmm. it may be. Yeah, yeah, very much so. You remind me there's a, I mean, we'll finish off historically this is related to your original question uh, I think even in addition just to the extended families uh, there was another sacred relationship that was part of the picture you have your relationship with your parents and family, you have your relationship with your spouse and you have your relationship with your sheikh and the sheikh or the bir or the murshid would offer me the person you're also going to for, for help on these things and that in urban Arab and Daisy society has kind of gone away. A little rudiments of that have been coming back, but not really much. And so keep uh reflecting uh on approaches to the process of finding a spouse, the process of marrying a spouse, the process of remaining married, and such. And like I said, I haven't found uh, a system that works. righty we'll stop right here, inshallah. Uh, no class tomorrow. We do have class on Tuesday and we'll finish inshallah on Wednesday. Okay, may Allah tell the word to you all, inshallah. wa bihamdika we la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa wana tubu lake. May Allah tell the word to you all. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.